0: So welcome to our second show for Learning from Leaders. Today, we are honored to have our leader, Mike Roberts, VP of Sales and Marketing for Kenwood Corporation. Uh, Welcome, Mike. How are you doing today? I'm doing great, Chris. Thank you. I'm glad glad we're able to have you on. And uh, I hear you after going through some of these questions, looks like you got a lot going on here. Uh, Even with uh, even with Kenwood and you know before we get started you you showed me a new product before we were uh, you know on the phone here and um, I was pretty interested in this
1: you got a a new receiver. Can you tell us about that? Yeah, actually we have uh, We have three new 10.1 floating screens uh, That these will be really the flagship of the industry. I mean they have everything from I won't go into a lot of um, um, features, but they have you know HD high-res screen no glare screen Um, high-res audio you know multiple camera inputs this product is going to be just awesome it's shipping in September so just next month so we'll have three models two Exelon and one um, in the regular line well fantastic Mike so um, I'm looking at this and it looks like you've got it installed on a vehicle did you uh, did you do this on your wife's to keep her happy or that that wasn't mine that was Scott Caswell uh, that's in his vehicle and And we put these in several vehicles and and the people that have used it, it just says, you know, the interface is fantastic and uh, the operation is is really, really good. So I think that the customers will be very happy with this. We just launched it, already taken orders on it, and uh, it's off to a good start.
0: Oh, fantastic. Uh, So I'll have to get my order in. Yeah. I was a longtime Kenwood fan back when I was an installer. And uh oh, switched right? brands, I was always, whatever the top one that you had, not to give you a plug, but whatever the top one you had, it was always my favorite, but being an old Circuit City Road Shop guy, uh, Kenwood was uh, was a featured brand there. So
1: yeah, I think you were probably, you were there back then. still working
0: somewhere. So a lot of people know about Kenwood, the brand. Tell me about the Kenwood, the company. I mean, you're a pretty big global company, right?
1: Yes, we are a large global company. We have, uh, you know, we are in, in different types of businesses. Um, our main businesses, I think if you go to the next slide, our, our main businesses is we're in the automotive sector. Uh, we're in the public service sector with communication. A lot of um, essential business, firemen, policemen use our radios. Uh, and then we're in the media sector and professional audio video. So a lot, the, uh, a lot of the TV stations use our product. Uh, cameras that are out in the field use our product. So, so that's kind of the segment, how we break up our business. In the media services, it's about 20% of our business. Mm-hmm. The public service sector it, here in the U.S. anyways is, uh, is about 21%. And, and we're about six, close to 60% is in the automotive sector aftermarket.
0: So a lot on your shoulders.
1: Well, you know, <laughs> <laughs> I think everybody's got a lot on their shoulders right now.
0: So uh looks like you get a few dots on the map uh so global company global presence.
1: So we are not just a manufacturer, we are a manufacturer. Uh-huh. Uh so we've got we've got manufacturing plants in Shanghai, and Thailand, Singapore, Indonesia, Yokohama. I think you got to maybe hit that again. We're missing a couple. There we go. Um Hachioji and uh, Nagana. So we have manufacturing plants in, in all of those areas. And so which one of those do you work at? Well, I'm gonna I'm working at a home office in, in beautiful, hot Phoenix, Arizona right now.
0: Oh, fantastic. And and JVC Kenwood's uh, US office is located in what city?
1: In Long Beach, California.
0: Long Beach, so everybody wanna, wanna stop by Long Beach, uh, just make sure you coordinate with Scott and with uh, Mike. They'll be glad to host you for dinner, right?
1: Yeah, depending on the day, sometimes you know, California closes us down, but uh, others were, were open. <laughs> so, I mean, that's Kenwood, that's the product. But tell me, who's Mike Roberts? Well, you know, I, I, I've been in the industry for longer than I want to say. Um, I actually grew up in the industry. My dad owned a retail store in Chicago, a place called Columbia Audio Video, which was an audio video store. And so, literally grew up from a little kid running around a retail store I worked at a retail store for several years, um, not only not only my dad's store, but uh, when I was 16, my dad asked me to, I told him I was going out to get a job, and he jokingly said, why don't you go over to Playback, which was the competitor, and so I went over there and got a job. So my first year, I worked for my dad's competitor.
0: <laughs> yeah, fam- family oh, well. dinner must have been great. I mean, in this position, I mean, you've been an executive in the industry for over 30 years, um, you know, which means you started when you were four
1: Yeah. and then,
0: uh, but right now you're serving as vice president of sales and marketing for Kenwood. Yeah. So, you know, looking at Kenwood, I, I think you'd mentioned, and we'll get into that in a minute. There are a couple of other, other things that you did over the years. You've been a professional public speaker and trainer and all those things, but, you know, looking at your resume, mm-hmm. uh, I, hopefully nobody will try to hire you away from Kenwood while we're doing this <laughs> session, but uh, pretty impressive.
1: Well, and I think
0: you. I've known you through most of these. Yes.
1: Yes. I remember uh, back in, you know, I worked for Kenwood, you know, from 1990 to 2003. And I remember getting a call and, and somebody wanted to talk to me about, um, you know, a job. And it was actually XM in the 90s, mm-hmm. XM radio. And I remember this guy coming in and, and explaining to me how they were gonna shoot rockets in outer space and put satellites up and then broadcast from there. And I, and I just remember leaving that meeting going, wow, Good luck with that (laughs) i i remember a similar meeting back when i
0: worked at the uh, consumer technology association and i think you might have been part of that where the satellite companies came in and pitched this and then they left the room and we all looked at each other like they're gonna beam satellite into a moving vehicle that ought to be interesting yeah yeah.
1: so it's kind of ironic i actually um went to help launch xm went to delphi to help launch xm and I was there for a couple of years before I uh, moved over, you know, just before the merger and just, uh, I started about two months before Howard Stern started at, at Sirius. So it was a, it was a very exciting time. Great company. Um, you know, was there for, um, for about nine years. Yeah. And, uh, and it was a great, great experience. Um, was able to deal with many of the same dealers that, that deal with now. And then I, I went over to help, uh, uh, my friend Lloyd Ivey over at MTX. Um, I was going to start my co- my own company at that time after uh, Sirius, and then I uh, I went and helped him for for about three years and uh, and and launched it had it had some some really well. Good you, you, let's just
0: say you didn't waste away in Margaritaville. You made no, money from Margaritaville.
1: <laughs> you no, know, we launched the Margaritaville audio line. We were exclusive co-branding of, with Margaritaville, which which went you know. Lo- you know, went really well. We we mm-hmm. launched the show, and we were uh, um, on HSN. Um, sold like six figures in a day of, of of this little Margarita Sunshine. So it was really interesting. But I always really w- wanted to um, start my own company, um, because you know I loved sales and marketing, and and I thought that you know there are so many companies that they just struggle with with the sales and marketing part of it. So I started, started optimum sales. Yeah. I really, my main focus was improving, you know, the company's people, process, focus, technique. So I worked with companies really outside of our industry. I was in aerospace industry, in robotics, in solar, even healthcare. Uh, And I was an outsourced VP of sales. So it was interesting. I, I went to each company and I would work there for one day a week and i would run sales meetings and i would put you know their their sales process together and this
0: was at the optimum sales at optimum sales had- yeah. yeah
1: and uh, i discovered quickly that a lot of salespeople weren't really salespeople. people uh, they, they they got in that position because maybe they could talk um but but they weren't really they didn't know and so um i got involved with a company called integrity selling which is one of the top five sales training programs in the world. Yeah, and I became a facilitator for them. And uh, then I was able, you know, I, I, I trained a lot of salespeople. I didn't, you know, I, people get, when they talk about selling, uh, it's, it's sometimes a bad thing, particularly if you're in a technical like aerospace. Nobody wanted to sell anything in, in aerospace. And so when I explained to them, we're not going to help you sell anything to anybody. we are going to help you help customers buy your product. That's it. And as soon as they, you know, people, if they, if they, if they want to sell more, they just need to sell less. Okay. That's (laughs) the best way to sell more, sell less and and do it in an ethical way. So, so that was really, really exciting. I really enjoyed doing that. I did some public speaking. um, And then, um, but you know, when my, when I was in retail, I fell in love with 12 volt. Yeah. And it gets in your blood, as you know, everybody in the industry, a lot of people that are watching know that they get into this business, and and, and I really, I missed it, okay? Um, looking back now, um, I'm, I'm glad I came back, because with all the pandemic, you know, doing what I was doing probably wouldn't be a good business right now. <laughs> yeah,
0: well, it's hard to get out. I've tried to get out a couple of times, and uh, yeah. it, it's addicting, and, you know, yeah. that, that's kind of it. So... You know, when we get past that, and you start thinking about you know what you're doing day to day, as you're sitting at your executive desk at home right now, with uh, with the great uh, you know I got your, your bottle of Don Perignon with the pair at the back, <laughs> the wonderful Sale Ten that's right behind your head, remembering that yeah. uh, fondly back in the years. Yeah, uh, I won quite a few things from that <clears throat> during that contest back at Circuit City. But yeah. you know, where let's bring it to today. So, how do you think COVID nineteen will affect Or has affected and when will continue to affect the car electronics industry in the future even after it's largely gone
1: well um, the fact I think there's one good thing I can't think of a lot of good things but one good thing that came out of um, the COVID and the pandemic it was a renewed interest in 12 volt category by the customers so it's such a great opportunity. And, and, and Bill Jackson said this in his video not long ago, if you saw that, I, I, Bill's a, a friend of mine and I think he did a great job and had a lot of good information in there. But it's about taking care of your customers. You have, you know, the retailer has such a great opportunity right now to take care of their customers. Right. And, and, and these customers, some of these customers have either drifted away, uh, some of them started buying online, you know, but but now because they couldn't do that, the big box stores closed, you know, they right. had trouble with getting it online. They went back into the independence and experienced the benefits of dealing with an independence and what their expertise is. Um, so
0: in your opinion, I- you really feel like that, that a lot of customers that may have shopped elsewhere or that, that went elsewhere for over the years now got an opportunity to experience <clears throat> retailers in our industry and, and have a fresh perspective of who we are. So you feel right. like that this may be a lasting business uh, increase for us as an
1: industry. I do, I think that, the, the, you know, there's a lot of customers that frankly have bought cars and it used to be in the, you know, back, back when we got in this industry, you, that's the first place you went when you bought a car because it sounded terrible. Now it doesn't sound so bad and, and many of these customers, They'd never even been into a store before, right. but so they're experienced and they go in there. I'll tell you a story. I had a friend of mine that was looking for a new car and I asked him why. And he told me he wanted Bluetooth and a rear camera and okay. it, he had no clue that he could even do this. So he went in and, and looked at it and ended up, you know, upgrading his car and he was thrilled with it. So, um, so I don't, I don't think people understand what you can do and what's available. And now they're going in and they're, and they're finding this th- these things out. So um, do I think it'll continue the way it is? No. I mean, the way the business is right now, I don't think it'll continue yeah. that way long-term, but I do think it'll be somewhere in the middle. I mean, if you look, okay. at, if you look, at, um, look at the headphone business, wasn't the big headphone business wasn't much of a business until awareness was brought to it by Beats. Then everybody wanted a set of headphones. Okay, so, so well, I, you
0: know, what, once you got rid of the cord on the headphones, it was an all-new right. experience.
1: Yeah, so I think just the awareness, uh, it, it, you know, people going out, I think it, it will it'll end up somewhere in the middle.
0: Okay, so we're doing great. Everybody's rocking. I talk to retailers all over the country and they're doing good business and and we're all very thankful of this with what's going on in our country. But hey, I've heard from a lot of retailers that are running into inventory shortages with many of their manufacturers. Um, Can you help explain the reason for this?
1: Well, that's a good question. and I get get asked that question all the time. Um, You know, this whole uh, COVID-19... pandemic started you know the chinese struggled with this right out of the gate yeah okay so and it affected factories for a long period of time that many of the manufacturers used um kenwood manufactures in china a lot of speakers as do a lot of competitors we also manufactured amps up until recently we've taken our amp production and moved most of it out out of china so so, and then most of our head units are, are made outside of China. So, so we, unlike some of the amp and speaker companies that, that, you know, deal with most of that, um, we weren't affected as much as some of them. Yeah. Well, so March, March 17th, uh, St. Patrick's day, uh, California closed everything down in the U S started to close down. Well, Kenwood, a lot, a lot of manufacturers, some of them use third-party warehouses so it's a it's a remote warehouse that that they ship from and these third-party warehouses because they ship essential product out of their you know they continued to ship product Kenwood it's it's a employee owned warehouse uh, we had to shut down and we, we did it and, and and even though we sell essential business we, we sell essential product being communications yeah we did the the right thing and didn't ship car audio out of there Okay, that was the decision that Kenwood made. So from March until really late April, early May, we couldn't ship any product out of there. Okay, we were shut down. Um, during that time, it, and I'm sure if, if anybody listening, if you were making the decision when this happened, you would say, oh, no, our business is going to be really bad because people are going to be focusing on this. So, so most of the manufacturers cut production. They went out and they looked at what, what production can I cut? Oh, I can cut cut, uh, probably June's production. Uh, so they did that. So they cut production. Um, and as I understand
0: for the audience, when you cut, when you, when you do that, it's, you don't just like call up and say, Hey, we're going to stop. And then, you know, when you, when you're ready, you say start and then all of a sudden the product shows up. There's a lot
1: of time to it. You could cut production in June. Okay. Which is product that would show here up in July. So, but at the time, Kenwood, uh, we, we had just finished our uh, promotion that we ran, and we had all new products shipping. Yeah. So we had a warehouse full of product ready to ship out to the dealers when this happened. Oh. So we closed up with a warehouse of product that we couldn't ship. The business started to boom. Uh, dealers needed the product. Um, so, you know, we... we have, when we opened in April and May, we started shipping product, and we shipped a lot of product in, in you know May through July, we ended up shipping a lot of product.
0: That's fantastic, um, and I'm
1: hearing that out in the field as well. And yeah, again, we did, new product. Yeah, yeah, we did ship a lot of new product, but there was a lot of manufacturers that, I mean, it, it, the business was great, and then all of a sudden came to a screeching halt because they yeah. ran out of product. Um, we as the in- industry are now realizing anything that was cut in March, July would it be the month. So they're really realizing it now and probably, my guess is, I'll say for, for us and, and a lot of other manufacturers, July is probably the worst and then, and then things start to get better. But fa- uh, factories, when, when people cut, when different manufacturers cut production, the factories had to restructure. Yeah. And, and in, in, in many cases, they closed for periods of time because they, did, you know, they, had, you know, they couldn't manufacture.
0: So it had a huge ripple effect then. Yeah. yeah. So then,
1: so, so not even now today, they're not really at full capacity. Most of them are at 70, 80% capacity. So they're not 100% even now. Um, so, uh, but in, in we, so we've had products still coming in, but we've spent most of my time in, with the sales managers spent doing thoughtful allocations to make sure that it, it goes out and everybody gets some product.
0: Well, that's fantastic. So, you know, when you look at that, so now you're you're beginning to have product come back in. Yep. You're, you're able to get it out of the field. The product shortages should start to clear themselves up. I mean, for Kenwood and for others, <clears throat> uh, you know, over the next couple of months. Um, so what do you see the second half of the year looking like for our industry?
1: Well, at one point I want to bring up, uh, it, it, just to make sure, you know, I don't know, everybody understands, I think a lot of people do, but a parts, you know, procurement of parts, you know, it's three to six months. Production is two to three months. So if you say, I want to order more product, it's three months down the road. Right. So, so we're, I, us, and I think a lot of the manufacturers are doing everything they can to get product here as quickly as possible. As far as the, um, the second half of the year, I believe it's going to continue strong. Okay. Obviously that, that that depends on the stimulus package, but it looks like that's going to happen. As long as that continues to happen, our customers continue to buy product. Now it also has to do with seasonal trends. So, yeah, you know, you still right now you got people buying cause they're going to vacation. they are not flying, but they're taking their car and going on vacation and they want to upgrade. And you know, they're not, when, as we get into the fall, that that'll go. So it'll be seasonal, mm-hmm. Um but but a lot of people are doing family driving vacations right now. Um, but as we get into the fall, we have a lot of reduced out-of-pocket expenses. I mean, people aren't going to restaurants and movies and concerts and sporting events, unfortunately. So so the, so the more disposable income always helps us. Right. You know, there's a tax return. Our business goes up. So I do think you are going to see continued restraints from manufacturers on product. I mean. It'll take, you know, some some of the manufacturers, it'll take till the end of the year to, to catch up. So um, I still think you're going to see product shortages. You you won't be getting all the product that you need to get. But uh, but overall, I think the, the balance of the year will be very good.
0: Yeah, Mike, I mean, a recent survey we did uh, you know, with Mobile Electronics Magazine out to the retailers showed that, uh, you know, many of them are experiencing shortages from five, six, seven or more of their manufacturers, so it's pretty widespread. Yeah. Um, up to 80% of them said that they had to substitute another brand because they couldn't get the their preferred brand at that time. And then 50% of them, unfortunately, said they'd had to turn a customer away. In the midst of that, and that was for, for the June survey, in the midst of that, June year over year was up, you know, looking at MEA data, up 21%. So with yeah. all those challenges. We're still doing better business, and you know, so far the numbers yeah. for July are looking even stronger, and that's what I'm hearing from some, you know, out in retail. July was a great month. So well, it, even it with has, the shortages, yeah. you know, maybe it's one of those, uh, you know, if the old sales added, sell what's in the barn, you know, yeah. make sure, you know. So hopefully, you know, a lot of the the a lot of the inventory is getting turned uh, from their primary suppliers, secondary suppliers, and I they think it's it's really good for for all of our industry.
1: Yeah. Yeah. Like I said, I think we're, we're kind of in the the worst part of it, but I think it'll start to improve as far as availability goes for sure.
0: Well, you talked about trends, people spending more time in their car. I mean, we know they have some more money to spend. That's Mm -hmm. great. And there was some pent up demand tied into it, things of that nature. But uh, do you see any trends coming from this pandemic specifically?
1: You know, as far as product goes, um, you know, I think there'll be a, probably a glut of in-car sanitizers purifiers you know UV sanitizers I, I think they'll see that I'm not sure if it's gonna really stick um, I don't see any big product necessarily services I mean certainly you know you know opportunities for for car um, for 12 volt retailers to offer sanitizing services um, I definitely think that but I don't know of any, you know, big product things. It's, it's going to be yeah. more.
0: So you're not really hearing any products that are selling differently now <clears throat> than they were prior to the pandemic.
1: Like, well, as you know,
0: we, people I mean, are going after, you know, like big screen TVs are going out the door, uh, you know, because people are home more often. Right. Uh, laptop computers, same thing. You know, iPads, things like that. Is there yeah. any key products that you're hearing about in our industry that have outside of san- sanitizers that are, uh, are kind of moving differently?
1: No, I, I really don't. I, I haven't heard of anything. I know our sister company, uh, JVC, has an in-car purifier. And of course, that, when this first started, went from from you know, regular sales to off the charts. But uh, I, like I said, I don't know if that's something that will continue or not.
0: You, so you're not going to have an Exelon purifier anytime? I, soon?
1: Know, I don't think so. <laughs>
0: So, you know, as I talk about it, and adding value is kind of my lead in for that. So <clears throat> how has Kenwood been adding value to the line for the retailers and for the consumers?
1: That's it. That's what a good you, question. Yeah, I
0: mean, you know, you wake up in the morning and go, what are people going to want? Yeah. And how can I add value to the sale and make it easier for my retailers to sell the product as well as the consumers to be happy with what they're getting? What are you doing to add value to your line?
1: Well, I you know I was back back at Kenwood in the '90s. I was there when we when we really came up with the whole Exelon line, okay. And when we when we and, and as is a lot of the people that are there at Kenwood now, um, we together came up with the Exelon line. And and when we did the line, we started thinking about what was important, and we really built the Exelon line on what we called the four Ps. Mm-hmm. So the four Ps were good pro- product. Price, performance, and protection. That was how it was designed. So we build a great product. I think we have a, a, a great price. It performs really well. And we built uh, performance features into it, into the Kenwood Exelon line. So the four Ps for Kenwood Exelon line, it was really what it was built on. And we think about that all the time. We're the number one line for the mobile electronic specialist. We focus on that. We don't take that for granted in any way. We work really hard at doing that. Uh, so, I mean, I think that's the value that Kenwood has. And, you know, probably Kenwood, in the past, my work there, and to this day, they, they do the right thing, which is what I like most about Kenwood. They just do. Um, they, I think that they think about things thoughtfully and, and try to do the right thing. So when you
0: talk about innovative products and a <clears> question <throat> that came in, good lead in for this. And so what might we expect from Kenwood with new innovative products, but to, to lead into that, we got a question for, if you know, how did the music keg get named since you were around there? Well,
1: <laughs> I mean, <laughs> we was, were you
0: sitting around a keg thinking
1: I, about it or? Well, we drank a lot of beer back then. <laughs> and so, uh, so we, uh, you know, we thought about that, but that was an interesting, interesting name in, in a product that was, far, far, far ahead of its time, if you think about it. I mean, to, you know, just, you know, to have compressed music in a in, in, a, in a unit like that. Uh, so so that really, we we all laughed about it. We jokingly came up with it and then thought, it's good. Yeah, and just to out somebody, that came from uh, Todd Goodnight. Yeah, okay. <laughs>
0: yeah, I just called you out, Todd. Glad you're on with us. I'm you'll be you'll on that. one of these in the future, you know that. <laughs> So, so with Kenwood, what, what should we expect in the future? What's what you know, when you're looking out uh, looking out the next year, two, three, four? What what should retailers expect? What should consumers expect from Kenwood for innovative products?
1: Well, that's, that's kind of a two part question. So, first of all, you know now, I mean, we're we're doing you know we're we're introducing vented boxes for the first time that are doing very well. Mm-hmm. Um, so, twelve inch Exelon vented boxes; those are shipping right now. Uh, we introduced recently two new entry CarPlay pieces. You know, two ninety-nine. Uh, we're we're just releasing and and shipping starting to ship our two new entry CarPlay with DVD. You know, that's around three hundred seventy dollars. Um, we mentioned earlier the three models of ten point one floating screens. So yeah. Th- those will be shipping in September. Uh, lighted speakers will be shipping in September, but. But I think what you're talking about long-term, I mean, there's going to, you know, we're going to have a lot more floating screen options, you know, that'll be various sizes and all kinds of different configurations. And obviously a, a, a really popular area of product is motorsports product. So yeah. you can expect to see um, some new motorsports product from Kenwood.
0: Any, anything in the safety safety arena? I know you have we we were discussing backup cameras and and make sure you're using a good high quality Kenwood backup camera with the unit that you buy for anybody that needs it.
1: That's a good point. We came out with a a new um, HD camera, which is really awesome. I mean, it's about a $200 camera, but the resolution, it only works if you hook it up to our high, um, I'm sorry about that, to our high res screens, but it is, the the picture quality is fantastic. So we have a lot of of, uh, backup cameras, We, but we've gotten all heavily into the drive cams um you know kenwood is the number one brand in asia with drive cam oh,
0: fantastic!
1: And, uh, and, and that's an area that's going to just grow do nothing but grow if you go to other countries you don't get in a car that doesn't have drive cam so i think that's what you're going to see here so an area that's that's going to grow if you're wondering what's going to grow that one's going to be a big area i
0: think we called that cash cab to start with now yeah. it's drive cam that's right. That's right. <laughs> Yeah. So, you know, with all that, you're selling a lot of great products. Profitability is important to the mobile electronics specialist dealer, as you know. Uh, what is Kenwood doing to keep the line profitable moving forward?
1: Well, actually, probably, you know, since I got back, that's probably been the, the biggest focus. Um, and we have done a lot of work. So Kenwood, you know, we, we serialize our product, okay? And we've actually, and we track them. So, yeah. we, so for those of those don't know what that means, what is, what is serializing? So, so we have on our head units an electronic serial number. So when we, we can light it up and we can tell what the serial number is, not just a sticker on the back, you can.
0: So if something gets uh, sold into somewhere, it's not supposed to, you can right. actually track it down and find out the yes. source.
1: Yeah. Oh, so excellent. We, we serialize our speakers, we serialize our amplifiers, our, our head units. And so we buy product, literally we scour the internet, we buy product, we scour the internet daily, we buy product weekly, we track product. I mean, we, we've actually turned into our, one of our biggest customers.
0: <laughs> yeah, so that keeps uh, keeps retailers kind of whole without having to deal with price disparity between different uh, different channels.
1: Yeah, we actually probably in the last few years, we, we, we really, unfortunately, had to terminate millions of dollars of business of just of dealers that are just, you know, maybe shipped it to somebody else is, is is doing something they're not supposed to with it. But the important part is what we want when a dealer buys Kenwood product, we want them to have a predictable profitability. Yeah. We want that yeah. because they you know that's how they're going to grow and that's how they're going to stay in business. So we work really, really super hard on that, making sure it stays clean out there.
0: Oh, that's fantastic. So in broad strokes, what's your perspective as it relates to the future of the mobile electronics industry, including, you know, online retailers and brick and mortar?
1: Well, um, well, listen, if this is not getting any easier. The new car integration is not getting any easier. Okay. We probably the mobile electronics specialist brick and mortar that can do an install. Is, is just gonna be more important. They're gonna have to be more, even more experts. Uh, a lot of them are, and, right. and I think that 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 area is not gonna go away, for sure. Brick and mortar, you, we have to have it. Um, I mean, online, great place to see videos and see some features, but it it doesn't always help you. You still, you know, so it's a great education place, and people will buy stuff on there, but it wasn't like, you remember in the old days, you'd just buy a head unit, and go out in your driveway, and put it in. Well, it doesn't happen very often anymore. Okay, just because of the integration. So I think the brick and mortar um, is going to is still going to do very well, but they need to have a multi-channel strategy. Right. So brick and mortar. They. I mean, the multi-channel. The brick and mortar dealers that have online, they have curbside service they will do the best when we run into bumps in the road, like we have right now. Okay. So, I mean, the dealers, if you just have um, a retail store, you're not necessarily doing as well as you, somebody that does online and that can do curbside pickup and, and things like that. So, so I do think that they're going to do well, but they just need to um, adapt quickly to the, whatever changing market is. So, yeah, I think there's a bright future for them. Yeah. Oh.
0: so you know, when we look at that, a show and tell is a big, uh, big part of how you uh, not only teach retailers about the product, but let them interact with it when you go to, to trade shows. And it seems many of the larger trade shows are kind of in a pause at the moment or, or reconfiguring. Yeah. Uh, you know, I know that we, we've talked about that offline in some of our meetings, but, you know, we announced MEA Knowledge Fest Live in Dallas in December. Now, hoping that this is four months from now, we're in a different environment. Uh, what do you think the response will be from both vendors and retailers?
1: Are you talking about your December move?
0: Yeah, December move and then uh, doing a mixture of both in-person and broadcasting live uh, digitally. So we're doing, it's a it's a hybrid event, if you will.
1: Yeah, yeah. Actually, um, I have to say, I think it was a, a really good move for you to move it to December. A couple of reasons. One... CES is is not happening, or at least it's going to just be online. SEMA just canceled. So there really is no industry shows. I think that you the shows are important to touch and feel and to, this is a relationship business and always has been in the industry. So um, I think it was a great move. I, I told you that when you called me and suggested it. I thought it was great. Um, of course, everything is predicated on the pandemic, and what the situation is, but you know, we have to hope for the best and, and plan for the worst, right? <laughs> yeah,
0: every day it is. I've, I've seen some other trade shows <clears> in, in other industries and even in automotive that have been able to go forward with, uh, with, you know, particular practices in place of which we'll have at our event as well. But I think the hybrid of people that may not be able to attend getting to, to get a view into Knowledge Fest digitally, uh, as well as the in-person, uh, will give us an attendance that will be far-reaching from anything we've done before.
1: Well, if you think about it, and I've talked to other manufacturers, they, they, they like it too, but it's closer to any product launches for the next year that people could see. I think the timing, it's, it's not too close to Christmas. And so it's, uh, I think the timing is really good. And I think it'll be, as long as we can do it. It'll yeah, be good as
0: long event. as we can do it. It's all predicated on that, no matter what we do. Very strong event. We can't control COVID, but we can mm-hmm. control how we interact with each other. And uh, I, I miss us all being together. Zoom yeah. is great, but uh, you know, it'd be nice to to share a drink with uh, with family and friends, if you will. Yeah. So I know Kenwood, and just just asking you this: Kenwood uh, is a longtime supporter of the Mobile Electronics Association, and and even in the past when it was when it was Mira. What advice would you share for retailers that are considering becoming involved or joining the association?
1: Well, first of all, I, I want to say that uh, that, and thank you, Chris, for doing this. But, but you put together. The calls with all the vendors Um, and that doesn't happen very you know very often where the vendors are on a call together but this came together and we had to come together and figure out what was the best thing for our industry for our dealers and how do we put our heads together and figure out what the best way to move forward together is okay so sharing best practices that was was really really good and I in like I said I've not seen that happen And you did a great job doing that. That was part of MEA. MEA had a Zoom call. We all on there every week and uh, and talking about what we can do as an industry. So so that really, you brought a lot of value with that. But overall, you know, I mean, you got the knowledge fest. I mean, we were just talking about it. You got to stay educated. This is not something that you'll just learn how to do and then you don't have to learn anymore. We have to continue to learn. So the education part of Knowledge Fest events, and your webinars and your seminars are are all really helpful. Mm-hmm. Um, you know the publication, the Mobile Electronics Magazine Hotwire, are are also great information on a regular basis that we get. And um, you know some of the software stuff that you have is also really helpful. So uh, so I, actually I think the value is great to be with the with the MEA and. You know, I, I would highly suggest any way that's not uh, connected to, to them that they get connected.
0: Yeah. And, and Fantastic, I appreciate that. We appreciate you uh, as a supporting member of the association. And and I tell you, those calls <laughs> that we did with the vendors every week, we also did the uh, another group of sales reps across the country and a lot of calls on a lot of things that we've never talked about. PPP uh-huh. loans were not uh, we're not a class we taught at Knowledge Fest, but it was one we right. you know, we had to figure out how to teach you know, to the industry to make sure that everybody stayed whole during all this time.
1: And you helped a lot of dealers by doing that, for sure. It's
0: interesting that the calls, getting, you know, getting the calls through there. But I tell you, those, those weekly calls, and I think you as well, it really helped me through a, a time when everybody was yeah. disconnected. So I looked forward to that Friday at three, and now we've yeah. moved that to a monthly call. But I really enjoyed that. I think my attribute, we have this, this thing that we do in the call is kind of a pass the mic and we, uh, not not actual mic with the microphone, <laughs> and uh, you know we just ask each other questions, and it really it's a really good interaction. And I think a lot of that will lead into how we do a digital the digital side or yeah. knowledge Fest as well. Yeah. So when we look at at other suppliers, yeah. it, there's one question that just came in that I like here. Um, is there anything that retailers can do to best capitalize on the new business they're seeing? To ensure, the business, to ensure their business in the future? What should they be doing right now to make sure those customers come back? And is there anything that suppliers can do
1: along the same lines? Um, well, as far as retailers go, I mean, really, they have an opportunity to amaze their customers right now, okay? So you know, somebody that hasn't walked into, you know, a specialist retail store before, now when they walk in, I mean, what is their experience gonna be like? Are they gonna be greeted right away? I mean, when they when they get something in their car, first of all, you know, making sure that they're, this new customer that you take an opportunity to get them on your mailing list, to get their information, to stay in touch with them. But, you know, to, so emails afterwards, I mean, the things that you would normally do, maybe you'd do better. I mean, when yeah. they pick up their car, is it clean? Did you explain how it worked? Did you set the presets? Did, I mean, how many customers get a call afterwards and say hey just wanted to see how you're giving questions on your new car radio that we put in car stereo that we put in i don't know but those are all you really got to go beyond it so that the customer service is really good so, yeah
0: as, as a past retailer mike i can tell you that a good 20 25 percent mm-hmm. of my business was from those phone calls that yeah. we did following up at you know at a 30-day point if you will with you know customers that came in make sure they were satisfied and then you know, planting that seed or trying to get them back into your store for for you know one reason or another, it's um, yeah. good customer service, and that's very good advice, Mike.
1: Yeah, and then, and I would say for the manufacturers, I mean, the best thing they could do. Well, if there's any manufacturer on a call, I would say don't call any of your customers. We'll we'll call and check up on them. Ken would.
0: Yeah. But, uh, no, it's
1: just. <laughs> yeah. Thanks Mike. (laughs) You got to communicate and make sure that, that, you know, they're doing okay. Anything you can do to help them right now, you know, and they, if they need help, we need to, we need to step up and do that probably more than ever. I mean, we're not going out there more than ever. We need to communicate with them and and try to help them along whatever they need. So Mike, a lot of, a lot of good advice
0: and and certainly appreciate it. I think we had a few good questions come in and, and, uh, really enjoyed the back and forth. Um, You know, as you've grown in the industry over the past 30 years as an executive, you learned a lot. You mentioned that some when we're kind of going through Mike's resume. But if you had to wake up today and tell somebody that's just getting into this industry like you did 30 some years ago, what advice would you give your younger self that you may not have taken advantage of that that you feel like others should as they're getting into the industry? We have a lot of new folks coming into the industry. A lot of folks, you know, we got the awards going on right now. you know, what would you tell somebody that you might have been able to tell your younger self to do if you had the opportunity?
1: Um, I would probably say uh, stay educated, focus on that area, because it's something that we all get busy in our day-to-day jobs, and and you don't do that. The uh, Mm self-improvement is something that that, um, I would say never stops, never stops. Um takes risks faster, okay, you, yeah. okay. Uh, don't don't get too comfortable doing what you're doing I mean you can there's a lot of a lot of improvement that you can do uh self-improvement to yourself and mm-hmm. and we all get kind of stuck in our ways and uh doing you know you probably noticed now during the pandemic i mean you' you're home every day now, so what do yeah. you do over and over and over every day? well, that's what happens in, in as you're moving along so to educate yourself open yourself up to to opportunities um and, and take take some risks
0: yeah, and then that's 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 very good advice the taking the risks if you will and uh you know i, I can think of many times that i might have taken a risk that who knows what it would have turned in had had i have done that um yep. i will tell you as we close i really appreciate you taking the time sharing jvc kenwood sharing mike Roberts experience. Yeah, uh, hopefully, that's helped many in the industry. Uh, Mike, if they want to get a hold of you, they just stop by your house for a beer or they would call you or email you at if you'd like to share.
1: It's mroberts at us.jbckenwood.com.
0: Mike, we really appreciate it. And as I state, we're here. We're going to be doing this every two or three weeks, learning from leaders. So look for our next leader. Uh, coming up soon. Uh, Mike, I'm sure you'll have some suggestions for me. And those thanks. of you that would like to hear from somebody or would like to hear an interview with a leader in our industry, feel free to email me at chriscmobile at electronicscom Mike, I thank you so much. MEA, thank you for being part of this. And uh, everybody have a fantastic weekend. Thank you. Thanks, Chris. Thank you, sir. All right.